morning, everyone. How are we? Uh, it's, uh, it's lovely to be able to step up here and have to preach after such an emotional testimony or two. Uh, uh, these guys here are actually in our, in our cell group, or our, our, our life group at the minute, and we've known, known you guys now, what, just over a year, 18 months, and uh, to, to hear something like that this morning is, is really a wonderful a wonderful testimony to, to what, how good the Lord is. It's, it's, it's not just, oh yeah, that was great, that's good. We're so glad that happened. Like that is, it is, it is wonderful, isn't it? It's incredible to the point where your heart swells to think that there is a father who loves us so much that he hears every cry, he sees every tear, he knows every emotion. And for, and for the, the times where you stand, and, and there is dark times, there's no doubt about that. I 100% I know that there will be times where they're thinking, this is it. This is just the way it is. Where you accept it. Where you accept the pain and you accept the life that you've, that's been thrown at you. You accept the hand on the back and you say, okay, well, this is my cross to bear. And you have a father who says, no, lay, leave it with me. Give it to me. I'm here and I love you. The, the funny thing is, actually, um, I'm, I'm preparing at the minute. We've got a, an event coming up next week, next Saturday night, actually, or Saturday night coming. Uh, we hold a Strictly Come Dancing um, fundraising event uh, every year. And every year I speak at it. And just before we go, and it's, it's funny because I'm preparing for this simultaneously to preparing for that. And the funny thing is that there's a lot less people in the room this morning than there is there on that night. But the truth is there is something heavy that sits on you when you're, when you're sharing with family, when you're sharing with your people. Because realistically, there's things, there's things that you, you, you want for the people in the room and there's things that you want the people to get and there's the things that you want your family to take out and they want to go into the world and want to make differences and we want to stand for things and we want to realize who we are. We want to realize that we're loved. We want to realize that God is for us and we want to advance the kingdom. There's more in this room than there will be next Saturday night. Now, Jesus is the center of everything that is said. Please don't get me wrong. That's not what it is today. But today, the things that, that we're, we're going to be speaking about, or we're going to be unpacking uh, in the Word today, the, these are the things that are for us to step in, to step into what God has for us. It's not... It's not just to make us feel, you know what, there's some things I've got to change. It's to actually change. It's not there's some things I've got to do. It's to actually go and do those things. It's to go and advance ourselves so that we can advance the kingdom. Now, before, before I, I, I prepare stuff or prepare anything to, um, obviously I ask the Lord to, to give verses and so on. But there's three questions I always ask. And I write them down and I want to read them out, what I feel God is, uh, what I feel is, is the thing for today. I always ask, what do I want from this morning? What does the devil want from this morning? And what does God want from this morning? Now you must know that it's a two against one, so we're going to be okay because I fall under the Lord. But there's three wants in this room. So we'll go... I want to encourage the people to act on the things 
they feel God is calling them to. We want us to build our faith by doing in the name of Jesus and have a practical framework for what it is and what we do when we feel the call of God, or the, call, <laughs> the call of God on our lives. That's what I want. But what the devil wants is he wants to bring confusion and doubt to this word. He wants you to be like, did he say that or did he say this? Is that for me? Is it for someone else? I don't think that now's the time. I don't think that's relevant. I'm not sure that's for me. He wants to bring confusion. He wants to disqualify the congregation in their minds and in their hearts. He wants to disqualify you this morning. I'm not good enough for that. That's, that's not me. I know the guys. I actually know the guys that's for. I know the very guys who are good enough to do those, th those things. I know who that's for. That's not for me. I'm not good enough for that. I don't know my Bible enough for that. I haven't been to enough courses for that. I know exactly who that's for. And the last thing, he wants you to leave here happy this morning, not hungry. He will be happy if you're happy. Happy's fine by him, but he doesn't want you leaving here hungry. He doesn't want you leaving here hungry for what God has for you. you don't want, he doesn't want you walking out of here saying, I want some more. I want some more of what he's got for me. I want more of this life. He wants you to be happy with what you've got. He wants you to leave here happy, not hungry. And then what God wants, he wants a relationship with his people that it's built on trust with him. Trusting him, not yourself, not your abilities, not your boss, not your pastor, not your family, not your friends, him. A relationship that is built on trusting him. He wants you to leave here with a boldness to rise up. A boldness to rise up in every situation. Not when the, not now and again, not when you get so frustrated, not when there's no one else left. In every situation, a boldness to stand for what it is that God has put in you. And the last thing is to confirm the word that's already placed in your lives. Today is not a day where I'm going to try and stay here. Listen, I'm going to put something in you today and you're going to run with it. That's not what it is. Every single person here has something. You've got something inside. You've got something in your life, in your heart, and it's burning. You have it. You may not have told anybody, but you have it. You don't know what it is? I doubt that. You know exactly what it is but you haven't acted on it. And you might not have acted on it in a week and you might not have acted on it in a year and you might not have acted on it in 30 years, but you haven't acted on it, but it's there. And I want you to know this morning that God put it there. In fact, he put that desire there before you were even born. When he knit you together in your mother's womb, he placed that desire in there. And now we're here and we're talking about it. We're talking about it. Let us just pray. Dear Lord, we just thank you for the opportunity this morning that we have to, to delve into your word. Lord, thank you that you've given us a word. Thank you, Lord, that you're speaking to us. Thank you, Lord, that you have a purpose and a plan for every single person seated in this room today, Lord God. Thank you, Lord, that you have not only 
a line that they, you have them to follow, Lord, but you have a love for them to walk a journey along the road, Lord, to carry them, to be with them, Lord, but to see them thrive in your name. Lord God, I pray that everything we speak about today is so that your name will be lifted high, that you would be made known in every situation, Lord, in your name. Amen. Okay. So, when I was growing up, I don't know, I was, I, I was born in the 80s. I know I, don't, I look like a 90s baby, but I was born in the 80s. <laughs> and when I was growing up, this, this is a gentleman called Del Boy Trotter. Does anybody know? I don't know, does, did South Africa, did you guys have TVs in the 90s? <laughs> I'm not. No, I'm, I think when the World Cup was sports. Oh, oh, oh. oh. <laughs> Um, okay. when, we, when we were in watching TV, you guys were playing rugby. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. That's fair. And thank you for your role in it. <laughs> so, Del Boy Trotter. Does people know who Del Boy Trotter is? Some people know who Del Boy Trotter is. Okay, Del Boy Trotter is a TV character. There's a TV program back in the, in the 90s when I was growing up called Only Fools and Horses. And Del Boy Trotter is, is a crafty cockney. He's from London, and he's a bit of a wheeler dealer in the market. And it's a, it's a comedy program. Um, and, and back in the 90s, there's nothing smutty about it. You can watch it. I don't, I don't have a problem with you YouTubing it. But Del Boy has uh, not the best education. Uh, in fact, that's part of the charm. He says a lot of things that actually don't make any sense, and, and people actually love that. But he's a wheeler dealer, and some things he gets, some things he's successful, some things he's not so successful, but Del Boy always seems to come out on top. Del Boy, he's, he's, he's lower class, but he walks, he walks with, a, with his shoulders back, and he dresses as best he can. He, he acts, he's just a little bit better than he, he actually is. He, he portrays something about himself. And the reason everybody loves him is because even though he doesn't always win, he's always optimistic. He's always optimistic, we're going to get at the next one. The next one's the big deal. The next one we're going to get right. The next one is going to be the one. And this is one, of his, this is one of his things, and this is the title of my sermon today, He Who Dares Wins. He Who Dares Wins. Now, I was at the, the Global Leadership Conference, or Summit, this week, uh, I, I know uh, a couple of faces were, were at it also. Um, and there was, a, there was a gentleman, he's a pastor in America, speaking out at Craig Rochelle. And Craig Rochelle said this line, and it stuck with me all week. Defense keeps the score down, but offense wins the games. Defense keeps the score down, but offense wins the games. You see, you can't win if you don't play offense. If you're constantly defending... If you're constantly just trying to stop the devil from attacking you, oh, the devil's on me at the minute. Let's just stop him. Let's just stop him. The prayers, the prayers of defense all the time. And, and we, we actually, uh, the, the summit was on early in the week, and, and then on the, on the Wednesday evening, we were actually, it was actually the same day, I think, Wednesday evening, we were at Life Group, and we were speaking about these things. And, and that was the question that came up. At what time do we play offense? At what point do we stop thinking about just trying to hold on to the little bit of ground that we've got and we start taking the ground back that's ours already? When do we start playing, playing offense? When do we start going for the things that God has called us to go for? 
And the question is, what are the reasons that we don't play offense? What are the reasons that we don't play offense? What is the reasons that we don't chase our dreams? I actually looked up, I Googled, I said, said, what is the percentage of people that actually chase their dreams? So the study came up and they'd taken in a lot of studies. They said 8% of people chase their dreams. 8%. Now, I don't want to say that that study's 100% right. But even if it's a little bit out, it's still not a lot of people. 8% of people chase their dreams. Why? 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 You see, the thing is, there's, a, there's two main factors that I've been thinking in my own life that this could be the reason. Number one, number one, you've been disappointed before. Did I speak for everyone there? Who here has not had disappointment? Put up your hand. If you haven't been disappointed at some point in your life, put up your hand. Who has not been disappointed? We've all been disappointed. And the thing is, in that disappointment, there's a little bit of you, a little bit of that optimism that Del Boy has is taken. And that's why we love him. We love the eternal optimist because you're like, you know what? There's a little bit that's just been taken from me. There's a little bit of optimism that's been taken from me. And it makes you think twice about the next time you're going for that dream. Second thing is this. Now, I used to get it wrong. I used to think and I used to say, I'm not scared of failing. I'm scared of being seen to fail. I'm scared of being seen to fail. But on the same hand, I would say, I don't care what other people think. That's a true story. I don't care what people think. But in my mind, I'm thinking, I don't, I don't want these people to see me fail. I don't want the embarrassment of failing. I don't want them to see me. You see, it's the loss of status is the problem. It's the loss of status is the problem. Because as soon as you go for something, as soon as you speak it, as soon as you say it, as soon as this is where we're going and everyone, all the eyes are on, then all of a sudden you're in a position where you're like, if I don't make this, people are going to say, yeah. They tried, but they didn't make it. Um, the truth is, that is, that is a fear of man, is it not? That's not, that's, not, that's not what God has called us to. That's not what God has called us to, to step into the things that he has for us. I mean, the truth be told, I don't think God's ever failed. I'm still looking for bits in the Bible where he must have failed somewhere, but I didn't see it yet. So we're going to step in and we're going to read. If you have your Bible... Please uh, open it for us today at Luke 5. Luke 5. We're going to read verses 1 to 11. One day as Jesus was preaching on the shore of the Sea of Galilee, great crowds pressed in on him to listen to the word of God. He noticed two empty boats at the water's edge, for the fishermen had left them, and were washing their nets. Stepping into one of the boats, Jesus asked Simon, its owner, to push it out into the water. So he sat in the boat and taught the crowds from there. When he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, Now go out where it is deeper 
and let down your nets, and you will catch many fish. Master, Simon replied, we worked hard all last night and didn't catch a thing. But if you say so, we'll try again. And this time their nets were so full, they began to tear. A shout for help brought their partners in the other boat, and soon both boats were filled with fish and on the verge of sinking. When Simon Peter realized what had happened, he fell to his knees before Jesus and said, O oh Lord, please leave me. I'm too much of a sinner to be around you, for he was awestruck by the size of their catch, as were the others with him. His partners, James and John, the sons of Zebedee, were also amazed. Jesus replied to Simon, don't be afraid. From now on, you'll be fishing for people. Now, this obviously starts out very much like a Dave Van Lee Kirk story. They've been out all night and caught nothing. <laughs> but we're in a situation here where if you're not a fisherman, you're like, I don't really get the big deal. You caught a lot of fish. What's the big deal, really? Yes, maybe there was, a, there was a few things missing the night before, but there's just something in it for me. For years, I've been reading it, and I'm like, Okay, so they caught a lot of fish. Like, what's the big deal with this? So, from that point of view, we'll start. What's happening here is, sorry, and this is one of the, what a plonker. I, I could see by the, the faces this morning at the desk that is this a bad word when it's not a bad word. It means idiot <laughs> in a nicer way. So we're the plonkers. That's us. We're the plonkers. You see, the thing is, Simon here is the expert in this conversation. Simon is the one who's the fisherman. Jesus is just some guy who's turned up and preached. Simon is the fisherman. He knows. He knows. I can almost imagine his face when he's like, oh, you know, and he's trying to be nice. He's like, listen, I know what you're saying, but we don't have any fish here. It's been a long night, tired, cold. We just want to go. Can we go? And she's like, no, 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 go deeper, go deeper. And he's thinking to himself, no, I don't want to go deeper. I want to go home. I want to sleep. I don't want to do it. Now, this is the space where we find ourselves on a regular basis. Right now, at this point in the story, Jesus has said, go deeper. Go again. You've just failed. It's just gone bad. Not a good night. Let's go. Let's go now. Right now. Let's do it. And you're like. Pfft. Now if Simon says, you know what, sir, it's really lovely to meet you. I'm going to be going back out here about six o'clock tonight. Do you want to come back then and we'll do it together? That's us. That's us. Another time. Another time, Jesus. Another t if you don't mind. Another time. 
I want you to fill in this sentence for, the, for yourself. I will do the call of God on my life when? Finish it for yourself. I will do and step into the call of God on my life when? When my kids are older. When I retire. When someone gives me the opportunity. When someone asks me to step in. When I have enough money. When I have enough time. When I know the Bible enough. When I've been discipled more. When I've got this stuff in my life. When I've got all my rubbish sorted out. When? I'm going to do the call of God on my life. When? We're the plonkers. But thankfully, Simon is not a plonker. He's not the plonker. Simon's far from being a plonker. In fact, Simon is actually a really decent bloke, isn't he? He's a really decent bloke. Because I think there's one of the things is, when we, when we read about Simon, we think to ourselves, yeah, but Simon's, Simon's kind of a big deal in the Bible then. Like, he's, he's, he's done a few things in there. He's mentioned a few times. Simon has a role to play, but not at this point. Not at this stage. In fact, I'm nearly sure this is the first time he's meeting Jesus. This is the first time he's in front of him. He hasn't walked the journey in faith. He hasn't been in a church. He doesn't know the scriptures. But he's here and he's face to face. And the first thing that you pick up, the first thing that we pick up from him. Simon replied, we worked hard all night in time. But he says, Lord, Really? First time of meeting him. First time. Gets it, first time. But he's still, the only thing he knows is the night before. The last disappointment. The last thing that stole a little bit of his optimism, just like us. He's got to go home with no money, no food. What are we going to do? And it's there. And Jesus says, go. So he says, I'll go. I'll go. I think the big thing for us to capture right now at the start is Simon is the rock on which the church is built. He begins the church. Jesus doesn't come to him and say, listen, you don't know me, but I've got this new concept. It's called church. Think you could, I think we could really do something here with you. I think you could actually lead this thing. We think you could do something special. doesn't do that. What he does is Jesus steps into where Simon is now. He meets him where he's at. Where you are today is where God wants to meet you. He's not looking for you to lead a revival yet. He's not looking for you to start, some, start a cell group. He's not looking for you to, to do a ministry. He's just looking for you where you're at right now, and he wants you to accept that he knows the answer to what you're going through right now where you're at. 
He's asking Simon, he's saying, listen, I don't look like I know what I'm talking about, but I know a thing or two. Go to the deep. Go to the deep. Second thing for us to understand is, is what's the big deal with the deep? This annoyed me for a little while. What is the big deal with the deep? Now, there is the obvious. The deep, it, it's dark. But he was fishing at night, so it's dark anyway, yes? So, so what's the thing? Why was it a big deal? Why going deeper was it a big deal? So has anyone actually looked at what the Sea of Galilee looks like? Sea of Galilee is actually just a really big lake. It's a big lake. And it actually separates. The Gentiles were on one side. The Jews were on the other. But this place, this place is bustling. It's hustling and it's bustling. And everybody's moving around. And now it's a bit of a marketplace because fishing is obviously a big deal back in these days. But Jesus calls him to the deep. And yes, there, there is that, oh, it's a bit deeper out. It's a bit further out. Yeah, there's a bit of fear. And when we think of the deep, we think, like, we can't see the bottom. We can't see the bottom anymore. And, and we don't know what it's like out there in the deep. Like, that's, that's us and our perspective and maybe a reason that we don't want to go there. But the thing is, at this point in the day, everyone can see him. People fished at night so that the fish couldn't see the nets. But now it's daylight and everyone's watching. And everyone is around this massive lake. And all of a sudden, a boat goes out into the middle of the lake. You see, they don't catch the fish out in the middle of the lake. Out in the middle of the sea. And all of a sudden, this guy, when everyone else is trying to sell their fish, and all the fish have been caught, and no more work can be done, and in the middle of the day, where the fish see the nets, and you've got this boat, and it's heading out into the deep. And everyone is looking at him going, what is this guy doing? Now, I can identify with that. I can identify with that. I can identify what it is when people are watching you and you're trying to do this thing that God has called you and everyone else is looking at you going, that's never going to work. It's ridiculous. That's not going to happen. What is that guy doing? And you're thinking it's going to be so embarrassing on the way back, isn't it? It's going to be so embarrassing when I'm coming back with nothing. Again. Another, how long, he's probably going out there going, how long do I leave this? Like this guy's watching. And you can imagine Jesus, they're like, go, go back. A wee bit more, a wee bit more. And he's like, goodness me, this is so embarrassing. How long do I do this? And you can see him out there, I'm like, yeah, yeah, throwing the nets in. When do I pull them back in? When do I pull them back in? But the thing is, for so many of us, we don't get in the boat. We don't want to get in the boat because we don't want people to look at us. We don't want people to say, look what they're doing. It's never going to work. We, don't, we listen to the naysayers and they cut us down and we think, you know what, let's just stay on the banks and we'll go at night when no one can see. We'll do a little bit. We'll do the norm. We'll be just the same as everybody else. And the thing is, if you want to be the same as everybody else, Jesus can't use you to build a church. See, the big thing and the third thing in this for us to understand is the fish don't actually matter. The fish don't matter. 
you're sitting here today and you're thinking to yourself, there's this thing that I want to do and the end product is the most important thing and for Jesus, the end product is not the most important thing. The fish, like Jesus could have just thrown a whole pile of fish from heaven at him. The fish are not the important thing. What's important here is the response. Our response. Don't be a plonker. Jesus wants the response from Simon. What Jesus wants is he's saying this next time can be the time. It can be the time. This is it. The old boy always wanted the next one. The next one will be millionaires. This time next year we'll be millionaires. That was his thing. This time next year we'll be millionaires. What happens on Sunday the 5th today, Sunday the 5th of November today, what happens on the 5th of November next year? Where are we going to be? Where are you going to be? Where are you going to be in your walk with Jesus this time next year? The fish are not important. Your response is important. Simon doesn't even understand what he's agreeing to. He's going out. He's catching the fish and he thinks that this is the greatest thing that's ever going to happen to him. And it's not. It's not. Disappointment has a way of sucking the life out of us. The life that Jesus wants for us. Now, I've got a couple of stories and I don't want to keep you too long. I see, I see Dave looking at his watch a couple of times. <laughs> I don't actually know if that's because your eyes are bad or you want me to, to check that for him. But, but, but we, we have, I said we've, we've got this fundraiser. We've got this fundraiser. And uh, every year now we hit COVID. There was a, thi- there was a thing called uh, the coronavirus recently, a couple of years back. Shut everything down. It's very difficult to do any fundraising when that happens. And, and obviously as, a, as an organization, we needed to keep keep going forward, keep paying salaries and keep doing things. So now in my mind, I'm thinking, we're not going to make this. This is bad now. This is bad. We've got to struggle here. Okay. And so I'm coming up with ideas, but like Del Boy, I'm coming up like, I've got a good idea. I've got a good idea. So I had an idea and Andy's sitting here as well. We had an idea. We had an idea to actually do, everyone's sitting inside. We're going to do a fundraiser. It's a computer game fundraiser. It's a, a football, a football computer game fundraiser. We do it online. People can play each other. For, it doesn't matter if you're in Ireland or America or Australia, wherever it may be, you can play each other, and you win. You win to get through to the final of this FIFA football game. We thought people might not want to do it. How do we get people on board? We we put we put a big cash prize up. We got a sponsor. This thing, and we just like we think this is going to work. We put all our effort into this here, and we're like this will definitely work. And it, we, we put a lot of effort in. And I think it, it took about three weeks to get the whole thing, three, three weeks a month maybe, to get the whole thing. I think after expenses, expenses in a computer game, like horrendous, uh, expenses, I think we actually made about four round 50. <laughs> and I'm not even joking. I'm not even joking. It was depressing. Properly depressing. I'm like, we are in serious trouble here. What are we going to do? What are we going to do? So then we're, we're, we're back and, 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 and we're obviously everything's online. So I'm speaking to our board members in Northern Ireland. I'm like, yeah, okay, that didn't go well, but now we've got another idea. I've got this idea now. We're going to do this different thing now. 
and one of the girls on the team over there said, Wayne, do you think maybe we could just pray first? I kid you not. And I'm meant to be the leader. And she's saying to me, Wayne, can we not just pray first? I'm like, mm, you know what? Maybe you're right. So we didn't rush into it. As urgent as it was, we didn't rush into it. And we took a month to pray, all of us. And we asked people who we, who we trusted and people to come alongside us. And everybody prayed. In fact, it was like 12 o'clock every day. And we prayed for a month into a new fundraiser. Now, every year we do this Strictly Come Dancing. And I think to myself, every year, Carl and I get together before, just before the event starts. And we're like, Lord, we look at each other, we smile. And we're like, we're praying for a million. We want a million, Lord. We want a million rand. How nice would that be? A million. And it started off as a joke at the start, but now we're like, no, no, we want the million, seriously. <laughs> Enough now, we would like the million. Okay? Now we're doing this fundraiser. This fundraiser now, we, we, we started asking people, could they come and do um, five kilometers a day? We called it the Cape to the Causeway, where we're from. Cape the Causeway and... People were going to travel. We're going to add up all these 500 kilometers and people were going to do it. And we're going to rate fundraise. And we're thinking so many people. And in your mind, you're like, if we can get over the four round 50, that would be great. <laughs> we made 1.3 million rand. 1.3 million rand. Could not believe it. But it's because... But it's because the Lord went before us. The Lord directed us. We were like, Lord, who are we going to ask? Give us someone. Lord, share with us. Put us in the right places. Give us the right things. You see, the thing is, God knows every single one of us. He knows where you're at, what you're doing, where you, what you need. And he's saying, I will give you the prosperity. I will give you that. But you must trust me. You must be for me, never about you, never about you. There's nothing of you, all of me. God's like, it is my name that goes out. It is me that is lifted high, but I want to use you. I want you to do the work, but it's me. It's always been me. It will always be me, but you have to have the right response. So I'll finish with this. Simon realized what had happened and he fell to his knees before Jesus and said, oh Lord, please leave me. I'm too much of a sinner to be around you. For he was awestruck by the size of the, the catch. Jesus replied to Simon, don't be afraid. Today you're thinking you're too much of a sinner. You've done some stuff that maybe the, we don't know about. No one else knows about. You've said some stuff. You've thought some stuff. You've acted in some ways. You've made some mistakes. And the devil wants to disqualify you this morning. Simon looks at his past and Jesus says, that's not what's important for me. I want your hands. I want your feet. I want your heart. I want your life. And I want to build a church on you. Jesus sees you this morning and he's saying, go to the deep. It may be for the fish now, but it's going to be for the people and it's going to be for my kingdom. It's going to be for my glory and it's going to be 
prosperous. But anything built on you will not work. It will not stand. If it's built on you, you're lucky to get four out of 50. It is him and it has always been him. And the same Simon is in you. He is meeting you where you're at and he is calling you to the deep and he's saying, trust me, forget the disappointments, forget the sins, forget the past. I will go and we will do it. But you have to have the right response. So now, in this room this morning, not the person beside you, but in your own heart, what you have, the thing that you know that you must do, the thing that you know, bring it before the Lord, and I want you to stand this morning. We're going to stand, and you're going to say, Lord, this thing that is burning in me, this thing that I know you have called me to, this thing, Lord, that I know that I want to step out, I want more of you, I want to experience it, because I know today it's fish, but tomorrow it's people. Today it's on the banks of Galilee, but tomorrow it's in the city of George. Lord, I want to see your name lifted high. I want to see the church established. I want to see people come to know you, and I want to see revival. And Lord, I want to be in it. I don't want to be on the banks watching the other people load to the deep and think, how silly do they look? Where are we going to be this time next year? If that's you this morning, I want you to stand. If that's you, I want you to stand. Lord, we just thank you for boldness this morning, Lord God. I pray an increase of it. Lord, I pray for courage to rise up in every single one of us. Lord God, I pray that we would not leave this place happy, but Lord, that we would leave this place hungry, that we would devour, devour, Lord, whatever comes in our way. Lord God, I pray that this week, this very day, Lord, not this week, I pray this day that we start stepping in to the call that you have in our lives, Lord God. No longer will we be satisfied with the life that, you have, that we have been given now, Lord, but Lord, we will step into what you have for us. Lord God, we will go forward, we will march forward like a mighty army, Lord, and we will not, we will not, Lord, stop because of the fear of man. We will not stop, Lord, because of the fear of failure. We will not stop, Lord, because we don't think we're equipped and we don't think we're good enough and we don't think that the past is what it is. Lord God, we will step forward because you, you see us, you have created us for more. You have created us, Lord, for your glory and your kingdom, Lord God, and I pray that we would be the hands and feet. I pray, Lord, that you would commission us this morning, Lord, to step into that glory. And Lord, meet every single one of us where we're at. Every single person, Lord, in your name. In your name, Jesus, amen. Amen. Guys, thank you for this morning. If, if, there, if there is anything... If, if any of you guys are struggling with things and you're thinking,